In December of 2019, Business Insider Intelligence predicted the influencer marketing industry would reach $15 billion by 2022. Now, this prediction was made before the pandemic rocked the global economy. And since then, we've seen a decline in paid partnerships between brands and social media influencers, forcing creators to pivot just like everyone else. With over 100,000 followers across social media platforms, Clive Felice, aka at Dads with Attitude, joins us to discuss the changes in the industry, the effects on his business, and the advantages and disadvantages for creators entering the online game today. This truly is strategic pivots of content creators during a pandemic. Clive, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. How are you, buddy? Good. I'm fine. How are you guys? Good. How would you, I guess, sum up your 2020 so far? I know that I'm not counting my birthday this year. That's for sure. So 2020, I'm still going to scratch that off. My real birthday will be next year. We'll do that in 2021. Why? Did we miss your birthday? Was it in quarantine? No, I'm just going to miss it in general. I'm not adding an age this year. It doesn't count in 2020. Fair enough. Whatever it takes to kind of get through the year, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Well, you have been a part of this content creation world online for for a long time now. How long has it been? Steady, I'd say six years. That's just online. I've been doing this for a while now, since I was 18 with TV and then all the way up to now, which is like, you know, three years later. I'm a good 21 years old. But um, yeah, I've been doing this online steady for six years. I'm sure your broadcast experience helped in terms of shaping the content that you put out there because within the past six years, you've been able to create this massive following on your channels, mainly on Instagram where you get so much noise, so much attention for the parody songs that you create, the challenges that you do with your kids that are so cool and funny. How do you stay creative after all of these pieces of content and after so many years? The way I stay creative is just, this is a passion for me. So I love it so much. This is the thing that I like to do. People like to go play video games. People like to do whatever they like to do. But this creating is my thing. Like I love it so much. So I'm very passionate to stepping up my game every week or trying to find that new video that will make me laugh as well on top of my viewers. So it's very tough trying to stay creative and, you know, be an original, which I am. 100% for. Sometimes it's a struggle, but I would say that the years that I did stand-up comedy for a long time have helped me creating content for today's social media aspect. So I got to say stand-up helps a bit for me on that end on creating content. Yeah, I'm sure it helps you kind of think quickly on your feet, but on the surface, looking at your content, it seems that 2020 so far, including the pandemic, being in quarantine, hasn't really affected your creativity. Am I wrong in saying that? No, actually, it's probably it's probably even helped. I had more time to think it through. I'm not going anywhere, so all I got to do is really write. And the kids are with me all the time. And my wife is getting involved more. So it's like I have more actors to play around with this. So it's, it's awesome. So, Clive, there are a lot of parents out there that are more busy than they ever normally would be. Their kids are at home. Some of them are trying to work while teaching their kids the school curriculum, while just generally trying to keep them entertained, while not really being able to go outside too much. You've managed to come up with all types of creative games. I was just watching the little video you put together doing like a Mario Kart uh, incarnation with your kids. Um, What are some tips that you have for parents out there that are looking for creative ways to keep their kids entertained? 
what I would ask usually is what the kids like. I go from there. I know my son, he's a big fan of Nintendo, my, like myself, and uh, they're nine and six. So I feel like it's easier at that age right now and that they have each other. They're very easygoing at that at that age. I pose from a teenager who's like, uh, you know, just wants to go out with his friends. Depending on the age of the kid, but for my kids that are six and nine, they just love hanging out with their parents. It doesn't matter what we do, like baking, cooking, biking. My kids love creating videos with myself. They like being involved. So it's like if I'm cooking, they want to do it. If they, if I'm mowing the lawn, they want to help. Uh, you know what I mean? Like if I'm fixing something, they want to fix it too. So like I said, being their age, six and nine, it's kind of easier opposed from kids that might be a little bit older that miss their friends more so than now. You know what I'm saying? You pretty much hit the jackpot in having these kids who enjoy being a part of this life of yours, but they also have their own little thing going with kids with attitude, obviously. What do you think about being a creator this day and age? Are there advantages of finding success when, especially during quarantine, we've seen an increase in downloads, particularly on TikTok. And that's kind of where your kid's demographic is right now. Do you think that there are advantages and disadvantages to finding success online as influencers, if you will, compared to six years ago when you started? Would you say that there are more advantages or disadvantages this time around? You know, I think it's harder, a lot harder right now to kind of get noticed. I'll give that to all the creators out there who's struggling. Six years ago, videos started to come out. Maybe even five years ago, I think the videos started to come out on Instagram and I got on it really quick. And, you know, I just kept pushing videos out there. So I don't know how many years, 15, 20 years ago when YouTube started and you started then, you know, you're going to see a, a huge success if you constantly bring out stuff. But now it's kind of hard, I got to say, because you got TikTok and you know you got instagram and then you got all those these other social medias uh platforms but um i think if you got something different people would love to see it right so tiktok for me is like hey 50 50 because sometimes you'll see a lot of creativity on there that doesn't get noticed and sometimes you see just people taking original content and redoing it. And then they get noticed more than the original content, but I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that's why I think it's hard for original creators to kind of get noticed in this day of age. I don't know if that makes sense and answers your question correctly. No, it definitely makes sense. And as a creator myself, I agree. I don't necessarily like to use the term saturated because it's the internet. There's always going to be more people using it. There are going to be more opportunities for careers, for growth, whatever it is. I just wonder nowadays, is it more important to utilize all of the platforms at once instead of maybe just focusing on one to get your, your content out there? I would say use a few. You don't have to use all of them. Like I, I can't do all of them. Personally, I, I wanted to, but I, you know, it was stressing me out. I was just like, you know what? I'm having fun on Instagram. It's great. I'm still getting a great engagement. I like it there. Then, you know, yeah, I'll upload my stuff on TikTok and I'll upload it on Facebook as well. Even though that I know my main hub is Instagram. If you have the content, might as well take that content and put it in other social media platforms so that you get more viewerships or more eyes or that you wouldn't have got on Instagram. So yeah, I would utilize as much as you can, but focus on 
what's working first. That's what I would think. Okay. So how much time does it typically take for you to actually repost your content? Because for someone just starting out, they might think it's already daunting for me to consider creating something for one channel, let alone, I don't know, slicing and dicing it to fit other platforms. But realistically, does it take that long? And is it that hard? Yes and no, depending on what platform. Let's say, for instance, okay, I shoot something for Instagram. Or lately, sometimes I've been shooting on TikTok and uh, bringing it on Instagram. So it sometimes it works in your favor. But if you want to make life easier, you got to think before you shoot. So you know, okay, Instagram is square. TikTok is 9 by 16. So you'll shoot it by 9 by 16, but then you'll crop it while you're shooting it square for Instagram. So there you hit two birds and you know, one stone right there. And then your posting afterwards will be much easier. So Clive, you know, you mentioned different aspect ratios, how you plan things out. You've been in the game for six years, so you've seen a lot of different things. I'm wondering for any aspiring content creators out there or people that are um, currently producing content and building their communities, I'm wondering if you could give some tips about how you go about planning your content production. Do you just have spur of the moment ideas and you just get your camera and shoot? Do you have a whiteboard that you plot things out on? Do you have a content calendar? What's your process for organizing yourselves for content development? Just everyday life. So anything that I see is funny that happens to me in my situation and that I think is relatable, I'll write it down and then I'll hold it. And then I'll, I'll, I'll think about it in the back of my mind. I'll give it a few days and then, you know, what usually helps for me is I drive around by myself, have my music on, it's pumping. And, you know, like, for instance, if I make a remix, I'll just play that song over and over and over again and think of a good remix or, you know, something that I think that's relatable that I talk out through my friends, you know, that have kids as well. And like I go to kind of like back in my standup days where I kind of try out my jokes first through my friends. And if they like it, if they think it's funny or they think it's relatable, I got something going to make a video. So that's kind of my process. And then I write it down. Uh, like you said, I do have a whiteboard right now. It's, it's full. It's got literally a hundred ideas. Now, not all a hundred is going to work. Probably out of 10 out of those would work. Some flop, some even surprise you where you're like, whoa, that one actually worked where you didn't think it would work. But what I would say for content creators out there is, write it down. If you don't get to it now, at least maybe you'll have it two, three weeks down the road. But if you're starting out, I would shoot everything. Just do it, shoot it. Even if you don't want to post it, get that practice in and try to start pumping out creativity, original creative content as much as you can, especially if you're starting out. Okay. Can we break down one of my favorite remixes of all time by you? So for those listening right now who aren't familiar with what I'm about to say, you got to go with Dads With Attitude on Instagram and the song I just zoomed to say I love you. I'm obsessed. Clive, I've probably watched it a minimum of five times. I'm sorry, but you're welcome. You're welcome for the view count. This is a spin on Stevie Wonder's I just called to say I love you. So with that, were you just listening to it in the car and then you thought, okay, this is a good song. And then you made this, I think, around mid-April. So this is obviously about Zoom calls. Were you just thinking, okay, what can I do that's timely that I can fit into this song that I really enjoy? How did that kind of come about? Like I listen to music constantly. I was the DJ, you know, I still play around with it. But, you know, I, I was just, again, in my car, Stevie Wonder came on and I'm just, actually, if you listen to the lyrics, it's very relatable, even if you don't switch it right now. So it's, it was funny. And then I was like, this is hilarious. How can I play around with this 
that is something that's new right now. And then, of course, this whole Zoom craze. And I just remix it a bit with, you know, I just zoomed to say I love you type of thing. So it was pretty funny. I got to wear a wig and stuff. So that was great. (laughs) But like I said, if you listen to the song without any remix, it's so relatable today. So that's where I started laughing and came up with the idea. It's so good. I can't wait to watch it again. It's that good. So Clive, you've got uh, quite an interesting background in media. You mentioned some work in television. You've done some stand-up comedy. And then six years working as a content creator in this industry is an eternity. It just hasn't been around that long. So can you talk to us a little bit about how your own career and how your own content production has evolved over the years and how you kind of got to the place you're at today? Ever since I was a kid, I picked up a camera and you know started being creative and shooting videos. And now the question is how I got to this point as a content creator. Yeah. So if you're doing stand-up back in the day, if you could have looked into a crystal ball and saw the future and saw that you have a large audience on Instagram that are tuning into these dads with attitudes videos, playful videos with kids, you might've been a little bit surprised. How did it all unfold? I used to work at um, Rogers, so City TV, Sportsnet, and Omni, and I was uh, a producer there, a commercial producer, and I saw this coming. Like I literally, I saw how this is going to evolve. I saw how sponsorships are starting to like, hey, you know, putting their apples into social media. I kind of took the leap and I said, you know what, I'm going to start my own media company that just basically helps social media, just specifically for online and social media. But at the same time, I started Dads with Attitude when my daughter was born and I like entertaining. So I started just making that. And then I remember I started getting like emails saying from companies where they're like, we'd like to work with you. We think you're great and we'd like you to sponsor you. Or I'm like, wow. And at that moment, I was like, wow, I think if I keep at this, I can make a living out of it. And the rest, they say, is history. And still got to keep grinding. That's the that's the only thing, you know, nothing's luck. Everything is just hard work. You and I have had a lot of conversations about the anxiety, the stress and the mental health aspect in terms of consistently creating. It's tough. And like you say, the grind is real because not only do you have to be constantly putting out content to be relevant and to continue entertaining your current followers and hopefully new ones that continue to come in, but there's a bar, you know, you've set a bar for yourself and you want to continue hitting that or exceeding it. How has your mental health been, I'd say the past few years since you've been really successful in the field? Has it changed at all? If it has, how do you kind of stay grounded? Well, I think there's going to be stress and mental health with anything you really do, right? Like there's always going to be stress deadlines, you know, guidelines, like stuff that you want to do. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm happier, more happier than than ever before working like a nine to five. I used to stress more just being in traffic from going to work for like, you know, an hour and a half a day. So I'm very grateful of where I am today. Yes, you get stressed and yes, you get a little bit anxiety. I don't think it's anxiety of over of what I'm doing. It's what I can't control. That's what I think. So for instance, I can't control who's going to see my videos. You know, sure, I have a hundred, whatever thousand followers, or if you have a million followers, but you know what? You don't have control of who sees your video. That's what... The stress and anxiety is over because, you know, it's not your platform. You know, they could do whatever they want. And that's what kind of gives the stress and the anxiety because all you want to do is just make sure that, hey, I got a video, give it to the people and let them decide. At least let them view it to decide. So that's probably the only stress and anxiety I 
I get over this whole social platform media content creation. So the stress isn't particularly around numbers, let's say the amount of engagement you get, but who actually views it and what they take away from your work. I never looked at the views, but I'm not going to lie and say, oh yeah, you know, because if I get a high view video, then I'm like, wow, okay, so this is a good video because a lot of people are liking it and sharing it. But like I get DMs where followers of mine saying, how come you haven't posted in a while? I'm like, uh, I have. <laughs> They're not really getting to see my videos unless they go into my page to check. So, you know what I mean? That's kind of like sucks in a way where they didn't get a chance to rate my video good or not. You know what I'm saying? So that's probably the only stress and anxiety I, I would get. But again, I don't have any control of that. So what can you do, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We're all suckers to the algorithm and it changes all the time. So uh, I could imagine as a content creator, it could be pretty frustrating if you put a lot of thought and effort into something and it's restricted a little bit. You can only control what you can control, which is the production itself. And on that note, I mean, obviously we're living through probably the strangest times that any of us have ever experienced unless you're over 100 years old. It's weird, right? All of a sudden, boom, kids are at home. People can't go to work. Working is being done from home. I guess from a content creator's perspective, people are spending more time on their phone, more time on the internet, more time consuming content. I'm curious, just with kind of everybody's world being tipped upside down, what has this experience been like for you? It's hard. My poor wife just started her career in traveling. She was a travel agent starting January 1st and then bam, look what happened. In regards to, to that, it's tough to have these kids and to entertain them and work at the same time. At the same time, we're very thankful that we're, we're healthy and we're doing what we can do until this all passes. But I think it's, it's more tough to see, you know, my son was kind of sad that he didn't get to finish his, his hockey season and he misses his friends. And my daughter's the same where she misses her friends and she misses gymnastics and stuff like that. So can we complain as much at this moment? No, we just got to do the best we can to, you know, hold the course, I guess, until, until further notice. You mentioned uh, your wife and travel, and I'm sorry to hear about that. And there's certainly some industries have just been hit, obviously, a whole lot harder than others. And that's certainly one of them. In this industry, when it comes to branded content and content development, it's sort of an interesting time where people are trying to figure out how to navigate a pandemic and what type of content is entertaining, but also kind of still respectful because everybody's having sort of their own you know, relationship to this pandemic and it's affecting people in different ways. So how have you been figuring out what type of content you want to create during all of this? How has this sort of impacted your view of the industry and content production in general? I just create content that where I could make people smile and, and be happy. You know, if it's 15 to 45 seconds in their life, you know, which people have emailed me or messaged me and saying, thank you. You know, we're getting through this, watching your videos, my kids. And I love hearing this where parents will say, my kids always want to see your videos before bed. They love it. They're, they laugh so much. It's amazing to hear. Very, very happy. And then I guess I know what type of videos to kind of create because I know it's working right now. So, you know, I'm just trying to be positive, positive content with humor, you know. They say humor is your best medicine. You know, and I don't try to touch subjects or anything like that. I just try to be fun, comedy, and relatable. And that's what I've noticed with your content in the past two to three months is that you've, granted, have created a lot of 
videos and photo posts that are timely with what we're all dealing with, but you haven't strayed from what we know you for, which is great. I mean, we have food and fitness as two categories that have been very popular since we've been in quarantine. You haven't really strayed from what you've normally done just to kind of go with the trends. I keep it real to myself and people are not stupid. They see that and they like that even more. So for content, uh, new creators out there, just keep it real to yourself and people see it. They'll see right through you if you're not, right? They do. And if you if you go as like a copycat or kind of just keep up with the trends, you can lose that fun that you're having in, in creating. You know, sometimes the trends are, you know, you want to get into involved of it or the kids want to, you know what I mean? So people still see that original content that, that you're doing or like you said, it's not like I'm starting now. So people who's been following me for years know that nothing's really changed. It's actually, like you said, I'm getting more content now because, you know, there's no school, kids are home all the time. So it's just like jokes after jokes are coming on in right now. So do you have any post COVID predictions or should I say post quarantine? Because we really don't know where COVID is headed, um, if it'll go away ever. But for you looking at the industry right now, um, what's kind of been trending as of late and how many new creators are on board? Do you have any predictions as to what the industry will look like, let's say five months from now? I think it will be busy, 100% busier. People are going to need to advertise. People are going to need to get their word out there. And online shopping, online sales are going to just skyrocket even more. So people are going to get their resources. Where are they going to get their resources from? From their favorite creator, from their phone, from online. So I think it's going to get busy. The only thing I'm, I'm having a problem with, which is I'm, I'm dealing with a client right now, is that on-site type of thing. So we don't know where to go there because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, if I have to go and we want to do a project that's on-site or, you know, have whatever it is, we just don't know on that aspect. But I think this business uh, is going to get very busy. I think creators out there are going to see how busy it's going to get in, in the next five months. Yeah, I mean, earlier this year, Business Insider predicted that influencer marketing as an industry would reach $15 billion by 2022. Ever since COVID hit, I really haven't seen a huge difference in branded partnerships out there or ads on my feed. If anything, I think that number will either stay at $15 billion or exceed it. That's my personal opinion. So you're saying in personal, you haven't got or, or you're talking about on your feed, you haven't seen a lot of ads? I have still seen a lot of ads from other creators. So the industry is still alive and well. 100%. And, you know, agencies, and I think, and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, they're just looking for that originality. You know, sometimes maybe they're not looking for the numbers. They're looking for the originality because they could take that product that you created and boost it themselves. So I don't know. I still think people are going to be busy as long as they're, they're creative enough. You know, the other thing from the agency perspective is right now you can't go and do a video shoot or a photo shoot. You can't go off site with a production team and capture content. So naturally, you actually have to lean on content creators more and more who can do it on their own or with family, friends from their own home because we just can't get out to do it ourselves. So, yeah, that's another bonus that I have because I do have a background in film and television. I have the equipment so I could go out and do it myself. And like I'm working with a few clients right now that they know that. So if you got nothing to do right now, start learning more of the high-end uh, video and editing because uh, it will benefit for you guys in the future, right? Absolutely. So in terms of some of the branded partnerships that you've had going on over the last couple of months, 
during this pandemic, have they been different at all? Have the requests been different? Have the brands been kind of unexpected? Is there anything that is unique about this over the last couple months? Just awareness, maybe. That's about it. I don't think uh, anything has changed in regards to what they want me to create. In my perspective, no, nothing has changed. Just getting more more stuff and some stuff I have to say no to that doesn't fit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I, I understand that. Um, I know personally, I've seen maybe a few shifts in budgets, but more so the unique changes have been the messaging to be more sensitive with what's going on with these challenging times and just making things more timely. So things that have to do with being at home or staying safe and being a community, a collective. Like when I, I said awareness, like staying connected, like all that stuff type of being aware and what to do and don't listen to fake news. And I, I think stuff like that, I've, the messaging is out there now. But in regards to, you know, other stuff, they're just trying to make it fun, I guess. As they should. And just like yourself, keeping things fun is exactly why we keep tuning in, right? Is to find levity in our day to day, which is so important right now. My biggest fan is myself. I entertain myself sometimes. My wife's like, what are you, what are you laughing at? I'm like, me? This is hilarious. This is so funny. I do it for myself at first. <laughs> I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyways. After six years of consistently putting out digital content, why is it worth it for you to continue on this path? Besides the fact that I love it, this is what I want for my kids to have as well. They could do whatever they want in life, but to have that passion and that grind and to feel like it's not a job, that's what I want. And the, my kids right now see that in me. They see how passionate I am. And I hope that I could continue this so that my kids could do whatever they want in the future and have that same passion. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. I know how busy your schedule is, so much appreciated, buddy. Oh, no, guys, anytime. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. Stay safe and we'll connect with you soon. Thanks, Clive.